This is a WKYT podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Victor and Andrea. Andrea, looking very happy today. What's going on? Am I? I don't know. You were just bouncing back and forth in your chair over there. I was just always so happy to see you, Victor. Well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, so we just finished up with a good conversation with Mr. Barton Bill, one of the best photographers. Probably, oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, put levels but he is a very good photographer. He's up there, for sure. And I know, you know, because I myself am a photographer. And uh, I will easily say he's a way he's better, better photographer. Than he's a way better photographer than I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's, he's in charge of a lot of the special projects here at the station. And he does a lot of stuff with Miranda. He's won a lot of awards. He's been here a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that impressed me most about him is that somebody who's, who's been here so long to see him kind of make that transition from just from being, you know, kind of a staff photographer, like going out, doing all the, the grunt work, as we call it. Right. To suddenly, you know, doing all the special project stuff that takes more time and, and it's just really... I always have more respect for people who, quote unquote, pay their dues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you know someone had to work hard to get where they are and, you know, they can speak with authority on things because they've been in that role. Mm-hmm. Like they've done every job there is at the station, basically, like as far as their path is concerned and... You got to listen to these people, and if you don't learn from them, it's your loss because mm-hmm. they've they've come through it. And I think Bart's one of those people, especially considering he didn't want to be a photographer in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we learned which that. I had no me. idea he was into advertising. Because if you is... watched his stuff now, you'd be like, "Oh, this must be what he's always done, what he always wanted to do." I wonder if he and Miranda ever talk about her time in advertising. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh goodness! By the way, I say something about Miranda. I joke about. I love Miranda. She's one of my best yeah, friends. She's your by the way, I know she's she's my. Buds. Yes. So what have you been into, Andrea? Been uh, a hot minute since we recorded? Oh, I don't know. I mean, nothing too interesting. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm glad, that, I'm glad you got that <laughs> going on. That's the update on my life. Um, okay. All right, well, everybody, here's our conversation. Wait, do you want oh, to talk wait. about your spoiler alert for the end of the podcast? Oh, uh, yes. So after the podcast is over, after Andrea says bye, because I don't want to spoil it for her either because she hasn't watched it either, I'm going to get into a spoiler-filled discussion about Avengers Endgame. But it'll be at the very end. And I'm being dismissed from... I mean, you can sit here while I'm doing it. Well, actually, time-wise, I'm probably going to have to record it later and then add it in. That's all right. Um, But, yes, so any of you who have already watched Avengers Endgame or who uh, doesn't want to watch it and just wants to have it, (laughs) you can just listen to my version of it. Oh, gosh. Uh, I want to talk about it, just uh, what I enjoyed about it. And then, uh, you you guys can hit me up on Twitter and we'll talk about it. Um, I think Again, you know, warning. Turn off right after we stop talking to Bart. I'll make it very clear. Okay, good. Because um, Bart's going to want to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm, and true. And then, uh, you know. He, and he, he does not want to he, hear your spoilers. He's also, as I was going to say, he's, he's very excited about watching it. And all I told him was that um, it was really, really good. So that's my spoiler-free review. All right. But we'll get into that on the backside. Hello, everyone. We are here with photographer extraordinaire, Bart and Bill. <laughs> oh, we just call him Bart. Yeah. How are you going to say it? Oh, uh, your realization. Uh, yeah, that I could say Barton, just like the intro to the show Martin. Okay. Barton. <laughs> I was going to say, you had it a lot less gusto this time than when you first realized that. Well, you were looking at me, made me feel weird. Oh, poor Victor. We should probably actually let our guest talk some. Yeah, I guess so. Hi. So, so what do you want to talk about? You, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a horrible subject. Nah, we yeah. disagree. Yeah, well, you, your name has come up several times while we're talking to other people. They're always like, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working with Bart on this. Mm-hmm. And I, and then it's just always like, well, we should probably just get Bart in here and talk to him. Well, there we go. There we go. You're here now. So how did you get started in the news business? I guess, did you go to school for that? No. I, I'm probably one of the few that, that is in the newsroom that does not actually have a journalism degree. Oh, I have an advertising and marketing degree. Really? Yeah. See, we didn't know that. And I uh, went to UK. And uh, when we were getting out of college, uh, I say that because Victor... You from, you're, you're from Kentucky? I'm from Kentucky, yeah. I'm originally from London and, and moved to Lexington when I went to college. Okay. But um, when we got out of college, it was not a great economic climate. Mm. You probably heard that from everyone. It's <laughs> right. like, was it ever really good? That's a little the, when they tell the story. But um, we had a couple wars going on, and... People weren't hiring, so uh, I did uh, have some classes that were uh, minors in uh, journalism, broadcasting, uh, video production, so uh, I had a tape. So at least I had something to show, so when I started looking for jobs, I was like, well, I'll send one off to the television station. That's when I uh, had a conversation with Ken Harvner and uh, 
It's been about 15 years now. That was 15 so the, so years WKYT ago. So WKYT was your first? WKYT was the first. Did was you my, come here as a, as a photographer? As a photographer and editor. Okay. So the, how it used to work was when we all started as uh, photographers, um, you were kind of a hybrid. You, you were a photographer and your editor, and you would edit a couple nights during the week, and you would uh, be a photographer either on the uh, day side shift on the weekends or on the night side shift on the weekends. So uh, through the trials and tribulations, you went from day side to night side. To, As people left, you got to, the better shifts. You, you moved you up. Go. But the interesting Survive thing in advance. was when you were the uh, evening editor, the second editor, there's Steve Canada, who's our chief editor, uh, and then we had a second editor who always works. But, you know, they have to have a day off, too. Um, if you were the second editor to fill in for those days, you would be running the teleprompter at the 11 o'clock news. So you better be done. And the first time, you know, I just started editing, they're like, go run prompter. Well, I'd never picked up a prompter wheel day in my life. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I mean, of course, now we do it ourselves. But yeah, at the time, you're just like, don't mess this up. Don't, don't mess, mess up. up. And that's really what you're thinking. I like, did mess it up it, the first time I tried, <laughs> and I felt so bad. Well, you're like, if you're twisting it and twisting forward, and it's like, oh gosh, I'm too far. How do I go? How do I go? Oh no! And you're in the middle of a newscast, and it's like they're trying to read. You're like, man, this is just a disaster. For and those it, of you who don't know, the teleprompter, <laughs> you know, the words that kind of scroll up that we read, it's basically a, a layer of glass in front of the the camera, and then these words are projected onto it, and there are, I guess, two main ways. There's one, there's a foot pedal that anchors can use to kind of control it forward. And then there's also a wheel that you turn, you know, you turn it to the right and it go, it scrolls up, you turn it back and you can actually go back a little bit. And now, um, anchors, we usually do it ourselves, but it used to be that somebody working production would be the one doing that for the anchors. And you had, one of the odd things is anchors read at different speeds. So then you have oh, to yeah. kind of learn who reads fast, who reads slow. Well, how does that work now when you guys are you're working with someone else and they do read at a different speed? I mean, it's totally different. You know, what you read with Amber in the afternoons, what you read with Bill in the morning, it's like, oh, how do we do right. this? You get used to it pretty quickly. I think it helps that, you know, as someone as as someone who has to read that yourself, you kind of adjust, adjust to their speed. Yeah. And then and sometimes, you know, if you feel like they're going too slow, you'll speed it up a Bill little bit. Bill and I or... both read really fast, so we kind of are pretty consistent. But when I fill in with Barb, we are totally different. Barb is much slower, um, which is a good thing. I should probably slow down and come come more down to Barb's level, but um, but it is different. But you get used to it quickly. I want to go back and talk about you just having the minor with journalism. So obviously, this was something that you were interested in beforehand. What made you interested in it in the first place? Well, go back before I even started here. Before I even started, in, you know, went to college. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I worked at a radio station along with a bunch of other jobs. And I also would write a little bit for the local paper. Um, what I did with the radio station was I did uh, color commentating for basketball games, high school basketball games. And then I parlayed that into the paper in the other county wanting to cover the same schools that we were doing radio for. And he's like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll 20 bucks, you know, if we write something, we'll put it in the paper. Like, heck yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'm already, you know, and to tell you how long, it wasn't. It was, was, a, was this, like 99? This was 98, <laughs> 99. So we got like 20 bucks for a game. That's big money. <laughs> and then we would get 20, I got $25 or $20, I believe it was, to write for the paper. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, this is, this, is 40, <laughs> this is $45 right here per game plus whatever my part-time job was I was working at that time. So I was like, well, let's just parlay this into, you know, m- more money because I really can't get more hours because I'm spread out all over the yeah. place anyhow. So it just, uh, that's kind of how it started. And um, you move off to college and you, your mind, you, you start realizing that I don't, I don't think that that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I changed my mind and you know, went down the advertising marketing route and, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> but has that helped you along the way in this career? I think it does. I think it helps you read people. Mm-hmm. Uh, your approach to doing stories is different. They're a consumer. So, right, and you course. know, and a lot of times people don't understand that because you know, journalists like to think of journal oh, agri- journalist integrity and, and that yeah. exactly, like, honey, exactly. They aren't watching; it don't matter. And <laughs> that's the kind of point is like that's great and all, and it's nice that you have that, but there has to be something to deliver a product, good or service, as marketing people would say, to bring to your viewer so that they'll watch that story, which could be a minute to five minutes long, depending on 
you know, how you're doing. And so. what it's worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some stories are worth a minute. Some are worth more. So eventually you made the tr- transition from kind of being a, a day-to-day photographer, you know, getting signed to a different reporter every day um, to being more feature stories. Yeah. How did, how did that happen? Because, I mean, for a few years you were just kind of, you know, staff photographer, one of several. How did that transition happen? I'll say something first before okay. you even start because he's really good. Because okay. I know well, he yes. won't say that about himself. He's really talented. I think most people would say you're our best photographer. Well, I, I won't go that far as to say that, but I thank you for the compliment. But I said it for you, so you didn't have to. Um, when I started, I worked three or four years, evenings and weekends, and then I transitioned to a Monday through Friday night side shift. And I think I did that close. Total between all that was like right at nine years, nine and a half. And uh, 14, we had a what they called at the time a special projects for the shooter. Um, he left and went to another another station, and uh, an opportunity came out. Shout and out to John Wilson. Is yeah, John Wilson. <laughs> hey, John, I don't know if John's listening right now, but he's like, "Well, you can't say my name. You're my friend." Well, uh, at that same point in time, it'd been nine, ten years, and I'd been working nights, and I'd been married for five years at that point. And my wife and I had uh, just found out that my wife was pregnant. So as John left, uh, the opportunity came about, and I was like, look, this may be my only shot to ever get a day side shift. Because, I mean, no offense to the guys that are above me, you start getting into the Ray Browns and Ken Harveners and Dean Handys. And, and, and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. And they had 20-plus no. years. You know, up to right up now, you look at some of them are sitting at 34, 35 years. And I, I, I can't. I'm you can't not, compete with I that. I can't compete with that. Like, so night side for 30 years. So yeah. this opportunity presented itself, and that's kind of how I got there and uh, tried to make the most of it. And yeah. what was it like filling that position? Because, I mean, you know, John won several Emmys. I mean, he was, at that point, considered one of the best photographers at the station, one of the best editors. I mean, he and, uh, I mean, they had done some, he'd done a lot of really great special project stuff. So what was it like knowing that you would be going into that role? For me, it was kind of like business as usual because when we worked night side, the way it was at that time, we had people like Kristen Kennedy and and uh, Gabriel Rojas and Dave Spencer. All these people, if you know, Kristen's still here. A lot of people moved up to other markets. Dave Dave's an anchor in, in Detroit now. Yeah. Gabriel was a was a reporter for the CBS O and O in Dallas. So we had some very talented reporters. And what we always joked around, and even with John Wilson, even Brandon Whitworth, was um, we shoot some of the best of. Uh, Vosots in the country (laughs) and for people that don't know what a Vosot is I'll break it down to you real quick Uh, it was a story that we were going to work on and make a package and then breaking news occurred at 930 and we ran out the door in a live truck with our hair on fire (laughs) and we went and covered that so it's like so what do you do with this great story you spent two hours on and now it's gone so we just pick out a sound bite and throw about mm, 25 to 35 seconds worth of pretty nice b-roll it's beautiful and, put, and, and that was it there so you go. we had enough practice doing that to where we knew what we were doing it's just uh it provided you the opportunity to uh, follow through on that stuff so well, here's a question i have since especially since you didn't start out in journalism really how did you get better because you're so good now i mean i feel like you have to push yourself because a lot of times no one's going to do it for you you have to be very self-motivated so what do you do? Do you watch other people? Do you just have a good eye? Yeah, you, you watch a lot of other people's work. And I've had the privilege to go to quite a few workshops through WKYT, through the, the National Press Photographers Association, the MPPA, or the Kentucky News Photographers Association. They're a contest that we enter our work in. And they're kind of, they're critics. They're, they're kind of harsh on your, your storytelling and your photography and and the way you build a story with a beginning, middle, and end. And when you start getting these critiques from these people, it's it's one of two things. You can either, you know, hang your head and, mm-hmm. and pout, or you can say, I'm going to get better. Right. And it's hard for people to do that. So you have to make a choice. And for a lot of people, uh, if you go down that road, you're going to have to either get better or hang your head. Picking that skin up. So that's kind of the work. You're like, How can I make this better? And that's kind of the mentality you have to really have is you watch other people's stuff and and you don't take your work that seriously because there's always a flaw in everything we do I mean mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you you go from there is you just try to figure out how you can make things better and you realize that there's always constant improvement in these things um 
I'd imagine every story that you, even one if you, you know spend weeks on it, when you go to hand it in, you watch it and you're still like, oh, I could have done that better. I wish I'd have made the change there. I could have. Some of the things you can do is go back and watch your work six months later. I had a, a friend of mine tell me that once. Go watch your stuff that you did six months ago, or watch give, that story. Give yourself some distance. Get out of the edit bank. Give yourself some distance. You'll start seeing some things. You're like, why did I do that? Or that was stupid. Or why didn't I get this shot? So you kind of think along those lines as to where you could have improved. But then also, you have to be mindful of the situation you were in when you were shooting that. Um, hey, you know, maybe your microphone died on you. Um, you pulled that one through. You never thought that uh, the interview wasn't going to show up. So you lost an interview and you had three lined up. So there's a game within a game. It's called uh, embracing, you know, the hand that you're dealt. So you kind of learn to adapt. And sometimes the greatest victories you'll have is when things fall apart. And then you're able to uh, salvage it. I actually, there was a story on NPR about this world-class musician. He played piano, and he showed up at some school, and basically, like, there were a few keys that did not work. It was completely out of <laughs> tune, and it was this young girl that had asked him to do it, and she was like, you know, because he had thrown a fit and, like, made a fool of himself, basically, so mad. And this little girl was like, please, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. So he's like, fine, I'll play it, but I want you to keep this and show everyone this is what happens when you're not prepared. It turned out to be like the best thing he had ever done. But because he was so good, he was able to adjust on the fly and it forced him to be creative in a way that he'd never tried before. And that, I mean, honestly, that you can learn so much from that. One of, one of my favorite game designers, one of his favorite sayings is restrictions breed creativity. Yeah. If you give somebody a blank page and you're like, here, do this, it's, it's like you kind of freeze up. But if you say, okay, these are your parameters, you get this, this, and this, suddenly you find ways to make it work. All so, right, so we talked about John Wilson. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so and that's just one of the things is is so so many of the memorable stories that you know I look back on, or parts of those stories will be when it fell apart and how we put it back together. And you know, I've always been. I've, I'm not gonna say I'm a great shooter. I think I'm good at not giving up. And uh, they say sometimes you polish, and some people learn to let go. I'll polish and I'll polish and I'll polish. And at the end of the day, I've made something that is, you know, made something out of nothing, so to speak. Yeah. And that's kind of the how I am. Like, I, it's just trying to, to will it into existence. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. So we talked about John Wilson won some awards. You're no slouch. You've won some awards as well. What are some pieces that you're proud of or maybe that, you know, other people have recognized that people would be interested in? One of the stories that I had the privilege, and this is probably eight or nine years ago, um, we went on a wounded warrior hunt mm -hmm. down at the Bluegrass Army Depot with some veterans as they were a couple years removed from their service in Afghanistan or Iraq. And we uh, we did this in between our regular shoots, uh, kind of a side project me and a reporter, Gabriel Rojas, were working on. And uh, we followed uh, two or three guys as they went through the hunt, and... Uh, they were they, they were actually um, fortunate enough to uh, be successful on their hunt. They both uh, come away with deer, but to hear their story and the camaraderie they had was you know was, that was just something. They they appreciate the fact that someone was willing to listen to hear their story. Yeah, and that's one of the things. But I still go back even some of these stories that that are not as well known uh, to me is covered a forest fire many years ago and it was horrible what happened and he jumped the line and got onto someone's home in the national forest or right there on the edge and i remember having a shot of a little boy getting his bicycle mm. out of the fire and i mean i'm thinking from talking i'm like i need this shot get low you know, set your focus your iris and everything you're in the moment you're acting like a wild man you're shooting this but it was a great shot. And we run the story. I get my night sound of the fire crackling. The firefighters, the home was ruined. The little kid looks up and he had just, for that moment, he's like, you know, all I really need is a new tire and a new inner tube and this bike is going to be fine. Oh, my gosh. Well, the, the people at the Moorhead Walmart saw that. The manager did. Uh, oh, Two days later, we get a picture sent to the newsroom. They gave these kids new bicycles. And to me, like that's the greatest award. That's the story. Because yeah. you had a hand in that. I mean, you know, I could I couldn't change the fire. I couldn't change what happened. It was horrible. I wish I wish I could do so many different things here. 
But what I was able to do was, you know, put a smile on his face or help. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't put the smile on the face, but I helped do something that drew someone's attention to it. But because and, you had done that, yeah. those kids got those oh my bikes. Gosh. And other, other people saw that. They want to step up and help. Too. And that's kind of like, you know, the, the mentality of getting a viewer to watch. Um, that's delivering on a product, good or service right there because I can't change what happened, but oh. someone did. I feel like you're the music in a movie. You know how you take the music out of a movie and it sucks, <laughs> but they put the movie in and you're like, it you feel. Swells, yeah. But, yeah, but that's your job. You make us feel things. It's much, I mean, it's much more than the reporter. It's, well, it it's all a team. Goes, like we've all said this. You can have the great, greatest pictures in the world, but if the, the script's not great, it's not good. And you can have the greatest script in the world. And if the video's not good, it's not good. It's not good. That's right. So you do most of your working with Miranda now. Uh, you poor thing. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> uh, Miranda, you know, it's a little different. I, I probably get the better end of the deal. Miranda works on the investigative stuff. I work more what they call a special project. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some things that I work on occasionally that Miranda doesn't uh, work on. So I kind of get a break from, oh, that's <laughs> from I guess that you also, stuff. So you also, yeah, like the uh, the trip with the, the team, you did that with Sam? Yeah. Yeah, when we worked on the uh, the, the trip for the uh, uh, Beyond the Bench, uh, we cut that and shot that. Uh, about uh, three weeks from when the road trip, when we got back to Lexington, which was just, you know, a Friday and a Saturday. Well, Thursday for an interview. And uh, three weeks later, it aired, and it was 45 minutes and 26 seconds. So. <laughs> I love that he knows the exact second. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it like editing a project that that By the way, this is with Coach Cal. Yeah, In case sorry. you aren't familiar, behind the bench, this was the UK If you listen to, to Sam's podcast, it's one of the things he talked about. Is, yeah. He said it was one of the you know favorite things he had ever done. They basically traveled with the team to see what a weekend was like with them. But uh, I'm sorry, I lost. No, I was just saying, what was it like editing a project that was that Whew. large? It's it is becomes a daunting task. A beast. Uh, we had a lot of help though because Brian Milan was going down to cover the game, so it allowed us to have a second camera. And Brian's kind of the hidden person in all this. Uh, he shot the game while I had a camera on Coach Cal and the team on the sideline. And Sam ran the shotgun mic, the boom mic. So in a couple of shots, you'd see Sam in there (laughs) with a microphone. But um, we had probably, between Brian and myself, like 990-some clips. We shot through three cards. So we had about five hours worth of footage. Yeah, I normally come back with about, what, I don't know, 30, 35 clips for most stories. But I'm also, I shoot very light. And then you have somebody like Ken Harbner who shoots 100 clips for every... Story. So everybody has their their style. Yeah. So they have nine hundred something. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Selfishly, I have to talk about the chicken story. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, the Nicholasville chicken because, story. Yes, it's from Nicholasville. Because uh, my mom is actually the one that pitched the story. Uh, okay. I she's so proud, and I was like, the way she explained it, it didn't sound great, you know. And I was like, Mom, no one's ever gonna do this story. But it turned out to be a really good story. Won an Edward R. Murrow Award. Yeah. So kind of take us through what we lovingly now call the chicken story. <laughs> it starts out like a lot of different stories we do, especially the stuff that like, Miranda gets. is It's kind of an issue-based story. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the homeowner has had this piece of land that's been in the family for close to 40, 50 years. And everything's great. He built a cabin and... Uh, some new neighbors, the place beside them sold, and some new neighbors came in. And uh, they brought some noisy friends of theirs, their mm-hmm. chickens. So he hears chicken noises crowing from sun up to sundown. Oh. These aren't just chickens. These are roosters that well could be used for lots of different purposes. Yeah, they, that's, <laughs> the, the legal department at Gray would appreciate that. Their use can be interpreted for a lot, a lot of different ways. Uh, but... They're noisy, and because they're not in the middle of the city of Nicholasville, they're in the rural area of Jessamine County, a noise ordinance is only as good as your business, and these are farms. So you can't really get into the conversation of you're noisy, well, it's a farm. So that's kind of where everything laid out. And so this poor guy who had built this beautiful home. He had he had his cabin. He had his own land with the home. family and and he's having to deal with this. So well, I remember you all called me in because you got the most perfect that, sound. that interview. Yeah. What what did he say? Do you remember the sound bite? 
he was talking about how uh, he hears, he said, everything worked out great until this bunch moved in. And then that's when, on cue, the roosters started crowing. <laughs> and that was the entry point to the noise of the story. So it was per- they call it a reveal in storytelling. Well, it, it timed out well. And then at that point, was shots of the farm beside his home and it just worked and weaved together so it was it sounded like you had to add it in but it really just happened that way it was a magic moment that you barely get but obviously like this story you know we have a lot of stories that just really we did the story but then there's nothing you can do for this guy that's tough when you get in that that dilemma area Mm -hmm. that gray area it's difficult to figure out where exactly the road goes right. after that there's just a fork all you can do is put it out there yeah yeah and i mean sometimes things change we've had stories where we've changed people's uh, uh laws and regulations yeah, and the car lot and then other times <laughs> we've changed we've changed people's viewpoints on stories and then they have a different appreciation for what's taking place so it's hard to change people's minds yeah, well, i mean you all just get into some complicated issues and are able to to do a good job explaining it well, we try. I always enjoy. All right, Bart. Well, we're almost at the end of our time. Any any projects coming up? People should be aware of. Or any goals you're looking to reach now? You've done so much. Uh, just try to continue to do, you know, good work. Um, that's the main thing. Is if you continue to try to do quality, and quality work always shows. I know sometimes people get disappointed if they enter like uh, some of the contests or some of the awards which we just come out of with the uh, Murrows or the Emmys or the APs or the KMPA. And people really get down on themselves. And they're like, oh, my work wasn't good. I didn't win anything. And be like, no, quality work always shows. So just, you know, keep your head down and keep working. Uh, I didn't get in this stuff for awards. I mean, they make fun of me because I don't have any of my stuff displayed. (laughs) I love that, though. (laughs) It's, you know, some of the stuff I do have is tucked underneath a a bed and a, a... container of something but well, if you ever want to get rid of one just give it to me and you'll <laughs> <laughs> be happy to put it up look at all these that I'll i but, but with, with my name being barton bill Dang it. a lot but here's the difference even the stuff some of the stuff that i have actually has the name backwards say bill barton so it's bill barton so, first name so is bill. yeah so i've got stuff like that too i just it's awesome. just you just have to laugh it off all right bart well thank you for talking to us today i've enjoyed this Anything we should have asked you that we didn't? Oh, yeah, it's the end That's of the, the question. question. I ask yeah. that every time because I'm like, did I miss something? No, I don't. I think I think we probably did all right. <laughs> well, keep up the good work, Bart. Well, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, Andrea, I know you enjoy that. I always do. I, I love I love talking to people and just learning about people. Like we say, I feel like I we're know. broken records, but I'm almost like, I didn't know that. I learned so much. And, it, and this wasn't even specifically planned. We literally just walked in no. like, oh, wait. Let's find somebody to talk to. And Bart was here. And we're very excited because we've been wanting to talk to him. Yes. And it just all uh, serendipitous. It all just fell together. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. So there in we go. The, in the interest of being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not opaque. Um, transparent? Yes. There transparent. Huh, kind of close. Words but, are hard. You know, yeah, words are hard. Anyway, we were feeling very unmotivated <laughs> if we're telling the truth. Because we were like, are we going to do one this week? We're both like, oh, we could... Yeah, but we got it done. And we did. Good. I'm proud of us. I now, am too. Look and at And if us. you're listening to this, it, uh, depending on when you're listening to it, you're assuming that I've edited it all together and put it out. So that's still got to happen too. Well, but it'll I, happen. I think it'll get done. Uh, Andrew, what's your favorite thing this week? Ooh, my favorite thing this week. Goodness gracious. I'll tell you mine. It is a YouTube channel. Um, I think the, the name of the guy is Sean Tanktop. But it's, there's a, well, no, he, he is a bartender at this bar called the Burlington in Chicago, Illinois. Uh-huh. And they always do viewing parties for Game of Thrones episodes. Ooh. And he records the crowd and then edits together the crowd watching these episodes. I saw clips of this. So then you can watch the episodes. And it, obviously you want to do this after you've already watched the episode. And it's, it's the highlights. And so then it's, it's like you're watching it with a crowd. And it's really fun. I enjoy I enjoy reaction videos anyway. I don't know if it's just because I need friends or what, but uh, same. Yeah, it's and so there's a very big moment from this week's episode of Game of Thrones that he he separated as just its own individual clip. It's and awesome. it's got you know two and a half million views at this point, but it's just so fun because you see the crowd. They think one thing's going to happen. They get excited. Then they're kind of scared. Then they're excited again. 
And so just watching this crowd uh, watch that episode, it's it's really fun if once you've already watched that episode to kind of go back and, and watch yes. it with the crowd. Because you were probably doing the same thing. And it's funny that you say that because I spent the weekend in Rockcastle County with one of my best friends slash producer, Kelsey Mattingly. Her family was so sweet. And, they, you know, I got to spend the weekend she with them. She was also very excited about that. And I episode. was a week behind. Oh. So I got to watch the second episode with her Before family. Them, yeah. So you caught up. And, then... and they're huge fans. And where I have this weird schedule, I typically have to watch by myself the day after. Yeah. And I, I, it's like I had forgotten how much more fun it is to, to watch the, it. Yeah, to have a viewing with party friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, friends are great. Yeah, but technically I'm asleep most of the time. So that's one of my favorite things. My other favorite thing this week is uh, the artist Lizzo. I've heard nothing but good things, but I haven't actually listened to her. Other people who I, whose opinion I value have said Lizzo was great. I need she, to listen. You would love her. Yeah. She's awesome. So I heard the song Truth Hurts in a movie, a random Netflix movie that I watched and cried at on a Friday night by myself <laughs> with my dog. Anyway, that's not the important part. I did discover Lizzo, listen to Truth Hurts. I think that can that can hook you. And then Juice, Tempo with Missy Elliott. I've become a big Lizzo fan. Wow. And also, right. she's just a cool person. I will check that out. I'm, I'm excited to listen to some new music. I always... I always get aggravated whenever people go, oh, there's no good music anymore. There's only, only good music was classic. It's you like, no, there's, there's great music in every era. There's mm-hmm. just fantastic music being put out by all kinds of new artists. A lot of it doesn't make it on the radio. But that's the great thing about uh, the way things have evolved now. You can just find it on your own. And then really good music will find a platform. They'll find an audience. And it, people will share it on their own. She's very so. girl power. But also, you can definitely hear some Prince. Definitely, oh, she was nice. influenced by Prince. I can hear it. All right. Well, I'm excited to listen to some Lizzo. Um, you guys check out the... Game of Thrones at the Burlington. And uh, thanks for listening this week. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. If you've listened this far, from here on out, this is going to be spoiler material for Avengers Endgame. I'm giving you a warning. Uh, I don't want anybody who hasn't seen it to listen to this because I really believe you should go see this movie. Ideally see Infinity War first. It would be a little hard to understand without it. But either way, you're going to have a good time. Uh, I'm joined right now by Mr. Devin Jackson. What up? Thanks for joining me. Uh, he's uh, someone else in the newsroom. That when we saw each other Monday, we both walked in and just looked at each other. I don't know who said it first. We're like, did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> you always got to give the look and just like, did, uh, before you say anything, just did you see it? <laughs> there you go. So I knew that he was someone who was just as excited about this as I was. So I thought, uh, you know what? Re- rather than just have me ramble on for a while by myself, I would have him come join me so we could go over some of the highlights. Um, I, I wouldn't even call this a review because basically we both loved it. I mean, that's – yeah. Yeah. All, all five, six, ten, how many, however many stars you want to give it, it's got <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> I, I give it the highest uh, possible rating. But uh, So if, if you've seen it like us, um, I think one of the things that impressed me most was I, I don't know that there will ever be another movie like this because it just brings together so much that they have been setting up. And then, you know, I'm sure there will be other Avengers movies after this, but it won't have the originals. And so, um, I don't know. It was just the buildup for this whole thing. I mean, you're talking how many? Eleven movies? years, 11, yeah, twenty, 11, yeah, 20, 20 some movies, movies twenty one. There's, there's not another. There, nobody can do that. <laughs> yeah, there's so, not another story worth doing that. <laughs> and then that's the other thing. And they, they've just borrowed so much. So I guess we'll go kind of chronologically. I think as soon as I saw uh, Hawkeye in the start, I knew, I knew what was about to happen. I, I even told my wife, I was like, oh, they're his family's going to go away. <laughs> and that's the way it starts. I mean, it, it starts yeah. like it, it just breaks your heart right at the very beginning because it's him. You see he's he's retired from superhero life. He's happy. And then whew, they all just get ashed away. Here we go. <laughs> Which So that was kind of crazy. And then it jumps uh, from that to them kind of talking about how he has now gone crazy and is out, you know, killing criminals around the world. Which I... Which I wasn't too much into the comics, so I didn't. I never knew that part of him. I was like, "Oh wow, he's like, <laughs> he's like a- Ronan." Yeah, he becomes a whole other character, and, and and he's just like he has a sweet sword fight, and he's just, I mean, he's hurting people. He is. He he went full crazy. There you go. He went off the deep end. <laughs> some people, some people uh, grieve in different ways. So. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Some people take up knitting. Some people. Some, some people build walls with everybody's names on it, and some people. Kill the Yakuza thing. Exactly. Gang. <laughs> so yeah, some people travel the travel the globe killing people. So then it jumps to uh, you know them kind of all talking about what they're going to do to take care of everything. Captain Marvel comes back, and so how surprised were you when they killed Thanos within the first 10, 15 minutes? 
I thought, I thought, okay, we're going to have like a big fight. They're going to yeah. lose. I'm like, all right, they're going to gonna regroup. They're going to, yeah, this is going to. When Thor did the big chop, I was like, um, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this, this movie's not going to be what I expected yeah, it to be. Like, so where do we go from here? <laughs> and then, yeah, we, I think the whole theater I was in just go, what? <laughs> and then you see that five pop up. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, weeks, months. And I, like, I was processing it so quick, I'm like, no way it'll be years. Because that's just – and then like five years. years just comes up separately. And you realize, oh, man. Which is one of the other things that surprised me about this was how much they dwelled on just being sad. Yeah. It like, was, it mattered. Yeah. It was like – back to the grim. Like, it, was, it really showed how everybody was dealing. I mean, some people could move on, have a – Tony had a – when he hadn't had his family. I mean, Tony got the best of all of it. He got the best of all of it. And some people just couldn't get over it. Which is good, kind of what makes it. It's interesting because you, the over the arc between him and Captain America, like Captain America is someone who has always done everything for others. He's always sacrificed for others. And at the end of it, he finally, finally does, something for does something for himself. And whereas uh, Tony Stark is always, you know, kind of living for himself. And then, you know, his whole arc is about sacrifice. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see those two. Converge. So, yeah, so then you jump ahead to five years. You see, uh, you know, Captain America's doing, like, a support group. Uh, Tony's, you know, got a wife and a cute little kid, which is just immediately I – was, I was worried the whole movie that they would – it made sense once they, they realized that they were just going to change things the way they were now because there was no way that Tony would go back and change things because there might be a chance he'd lose his kid. Right. And uh, I'm like, well, there's no way he could he, – he's not going to do that at all. So, yeah, uh, anyway, then Scott Lane comes out. Which was always nice seeing uh, Paul Rudd. But that, you, with all the sadness in that first beginning, you needed some comic relief, and you yes. knew it was going to come from him. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, him just being on screen adds uh, adds some humor. He also doesn't age; it's kind of freaky. You see pictures of him in Clueless. Yeah, it is. Pictures freaky. of him now. He looks basically the same. So then he he comes out, and so the thing, there were lots of surprises, and one of the things I really appreciated was that the commercials gave away almost nothing. Some of the commercials that are coming out now give away stuff, but yeah. the first time you see the Hulk. Yeah, you never, yeah, I, I never would have thought that it would look. And so he's so sitting so there. So I was like, whoa, that's yeah. crazy. And he's man. smart, and he's talking, and he's got all these giant bowls of food because <laughs> yeah. he's the Hulk, and he's got to eat that much. And he's like a big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fan, fan People group. come over, excuse me, Hulk, can I take a picture? Yeah, yeah. come on, get in here. Oh, Hulk out. <laughs> Do you want a picture with that man? <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, he, he really wants a picture. He's going to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Take a picture with that man. No, no, I'm, you know, Hulk, they're good. They don't. So that, which was... Interesting because that, that they pulled a lot of stuff from obviously from the comics, but that has happened in the comics before where he's able to combine the two, his Hulk persona and Bruce Banner, where he's so smart. But it was very interesting to see. And it made me it made me think about it because when I saw him, I was like, well, how the heck did they do that? And then I remember at the end of Infinity Stone, he he was talking. He was like, oh, we got a lot of things to work out. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had five years to figure well, that's, it out. And then he even mentions at one point about spending like 18 months or some amount of time in a gamma chamber or something. Oh, yeah, and, and so he's able to, I guess, you know, bring that out and merge the two, which was interesting. So, yeah, so that happens. And then they're trying to figure out time travel. And there's the funny stuff with uh, Scott Lang where he's not sure who peed himself because he becomes an old man <laughs> and then a baby. That was hilarious. And then finally uh, Hawkeye's like, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be the, the test subject. Because he's not kind of thinking, Hawkeye's kind of like, I'm ready to die anyway. Yeah, and that's what I expected the whole time. He's like, yeah, I've got a reason to die. And so then, yeah, he he goes back to his house, and he hears his daughter. And he's only there for a few seconds, so he gets pulled back, and that's when they realize that it's going to work. And in the meantime, Tony Stark, just being Tony Stark, randomly figures out time travel. (laughs) Yeah, just randomly. Just, just, uh, while he's having his midnight snack. Yeah, just lets out an expletive. And, And that's the other thing I liked about it was that, like, the relationship between him and Pepper is she knows him, and at no point does she go, you know, no, we've got a family. We've got you know. Don't do this. She she knows him. You know she she goes, it. yeah. You know. I mean, you've we've got it pretty good. But if you can save the world, that's kind of what you got to do. And bring Petey back. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. So he's got this kid, but he keeps looking at the picture of Peter Parker, who he's the one who introduced him into the the in, in this version of the Marvel universe. He's the one who introduced him to that life, mm-hmm. and so he he kind of holds he himself responsible. responsible. <laughs> yeah. So that you know, and so they finally all join up and. I got really excited when I realized that it was going to be a time travel heist movie. Yeah, that was – I didn't expect that at all. But then I was like, oh, man, we're going to, like, find every stone and, and, like, go back to the other – back to the previous movies and times. And it's like, that is sweet. That's what I enjoyed. Whenever, as soon as I did that, I said, oh, this is, it's going to be – it's like it allowed them to do a greatest hits. 
mm-hmm. that allowed them to go back to all these other movies and to touch on them, even like Thor 2, which everybody kind of poops on, but I, I kind of like Thor 2, but they, they right. went back to Thor Ragnarok 2. Ragnarok was pretty good. I mean, it was oh, Ragnarok's amazing. That's the third Thor movie. Oh, third, oh, yeah, Thor, the, the Dark World. One. Yeah, there you go. So, so you missed out. <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, that's one where Natalie Portman gets the the Aether. In yeah, her, I did not. Yeah, I totally missed that. I was like, she's what? <laughs> yeah, essentially she wound up with the Infinity Stone inside of her and they had to get it out. Which you, you wonder, like, well, how's, how's Cap putting that one back? Anyway, uh, yeah, so it, you, when, you, when you realize that they're going to be going back to all of these different movies that you already enjoy, and it's just, yeah, it's so good. And then it also sets up so much for later on because Loki steals the Tesseract at one point and just, boop, he just disappears. <laughs> that was probably one of the- that was a pretty funny moment, just when with the Hulk coming down, and you're like, oh. you're like, Tony's got it. This is pretty easy. <laughs> the Hulk knocks him over, takes stairs. Yeah, and then uh, you know you've got Tony on the ground. I enjoyed where Tony's like, help him, somebody help him, because he's like, no, no that's literally me. Please, you all, <laughs> don't, let me don't let him die. And then, uh, and so then Captain America gets into the elevator, and you immediately think of the scene from uh, Winter Soldier, where he's in the elevator with all those guys, and you think he's going to beat them all up again. Mm-hmm. But he's so far ahead of everything that he knows. And so then, and it's also, there's a moment in the comics where it's something similar happened and that it, people would hate it. But then when he just leads in and goes, Hell Hydra. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's it. They just, <laughs> you see them all kind of like, oh, yeah, we got Captain America too. Sweet. And he just hands it off. Oh, oh then we, we had have we gone? Have we gone? Have we already gone past Fat Thor yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So that was an interesting reveal. Yeah, they go to get Thor, and uh, you see Valkyrie, which is nice, knowing that she survived. And then, yeah, uh, they walk in, and him and uh, Torg is that his name, and and Meek Cleek, whatever the the little bug. They're all just they're playing, all just, chilling, you know? We're just living life now. Just playing video games. Yeah, it's like oh, new Master Sixty Nine. <laughs> Thor gets on him. I'm going to come to your house. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks, Thor. <laughs> So, yes, Thor uh, has PTSD and has put on some weight. And that's the other thing. I, th- I kept waiting for him to be, for him to go, ah, you know, get, like, lightning strike him and just everything to just fly away and him to be standing there all, like, skinny Thor. But it never oh. happened. He was, he was chubby <laughs> Thor the entire time. time. And I loved it. I was like, that's great. And I love the big Lebowski, the reference. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right, come on, Lebowski. <laughs> oh, man. So that happens. Um, Tony and Cat, where they mess up, they have to go even further back in time. And and Tony gets to see his dad. That was pretty. That was pretty good because it was like he wanted so bad to to like get yeah. to like, be like oh dad yeah like but he couldn't. Then he hugs him. <laughs> Thank you huh? oh, for for what you for your did service. for the service. Yeah, for what you done for the country. Uh, so that was great. Um, then the whole um, rough upbringing. He was like you know. Talked about I, his I, I dad. Tough, tough, tough dad talking about him. He was like, mm-hmm. but I just remember the good things. So it was like, oh, not, yeah. So it wouldn't change him how he raised Tony. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty sweet. And then got Hawkeye and Scar and, uh, it's not Scarlet, uh, Black Widow. And yeah, I, I think it threw me off so much because whenever they were both like, oh, I, I think you're thinking about the other person, and you realize that they each expect to be the one to die. Yeah, and then and again they've set it up. You you expect Hawkeye to be the one, but you know Black Widow. I think in her mind she thought, well, if, if this succeeds, his family's going to be back, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. going to need him. That is true. And so I was not expecting that. What's the way they played it? I mean, they just drew it. I was like, okay, one's going to die. Oh no! <laughs> so it's like, oh, who's going to let go? Who's going to let go? Oh. And then she finally got the upper <laughs> hand. Yeah. And so that 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 one that one hurt. That was the first. Well, that was one of many. Just kicks in the guts. So that happens. And then whenever um, uh, Nebula, whenever you know Thanos of 2013 or whatever, realizes what's going on, and you realize uh, she's going to get back and just wreak havoc. Which I thought that was – I thought I thought he was going to come back a lot faster. And well, first I thought he was just going to kill her. Yeah. Just, just straight up. Just like, straight up, yeah. But the fact that you're going to betray him, so you're gone. But and the fact that die in the present. he decided to, to use her to try to set things up, and, and the fact that he said, well, they're going to they're gonna collect them. I'll just wait for them. If you, <laughs> do, do you need to go? Do you have a oh, text? No. Okay, we're working. All right. No, you're good. We're recording this in the middle of the day. We're probably <laughs> going to have to stop at some point. But, um, yeah, so then that, obviously, uh, they, they collect all the gems. They get back. You think everything's great. And then and they, actually, and they also realize that uh, – they create like an Iron Man glove to hold the gems, which I thought was real sweet. And then Hulk says, you know, I'm kind of 
I'm the one who's going to have to do it because my body's yeah, really the only one that can handle it. I got it. I got this guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then he does a snap to bring back everyone that that one destroyed or that, that Thanos killed. But before you see any of that, Thanos' ship shows up. I was like, oh, geez. I, th- I thought Ant-Man was dead. I thought everybody was dead. I was, I was like, like, oh, he's just leveled everybody. That. Which I guess Ant-Man could go like microscopic at a you know, moment's mm-hmm. notice. That's kind of the way for him to survive. And everybody else kind of got stuck under rubble. But yeah, so then uh, Thanos' ship shows up. He, he blows everything up. Uh, um, and then you get the fight that you'd been waiting for. <laughs> and so I, th- I think the, the, one of the loudest I've ever been in a theater was when Thanos is beating up Thor. And all of a sudden you see Mjolnir lift a little bit. Because I, immediately I knew what was. I was like, oh, and I start. <laughs> and my wife's kind of looking at me, what's going on? But then it, the hammer hits Thanos in the back of the head. It comes flying back into Cap's hand. Yeah. It was the, the – I don't know about the movie theater you were in. I'm sure it was all the same. I mean, you just heard, heard an eruption like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though – because I completely forgot – that Captain America wiggled, wiggled it. Yeah, wiggled yeah. He kind of moved like, it a little. I was like, "Oh, he did." Now he's got it all the way. I was like, "Oh, like the whole like you'd have thought, you'd have thought UK won another ball." Yeah, no, something. that's the whole thing about my entire theater. Yeah, it was like the nerd equivalent of a national <laughs> championship. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I think I let out some expletive and stood up and just uh, screamed. And uh, yeah, I mean that was that that was amazing. So yeah, Captain America grabs Mjolnir. There's a, a fun moment where he and Thor are fighting against Thanos and they get their weapons mixed up and he's like wait hand me that back (laughs) you take this one Uh, but then yeah then you hear uh, like Thanos still beats him up Um, his troops get down on the ground and then all of a sudden you hear Sam that was that was probably the best part of the movie right there because I was just like here they come because you don't see them you just hear them like to your left no, again, they're just like, ah, yeah. Because, oh. I mean, they've already done the stuff. Yeah, so they're all back. It just takes them a minute to get to get back. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, this is the way they all came back. Just kind of just the circle. All those portals. Of Black, Black Panther in Missouri. And you're just like, oh, here they come. <laughs> yeah. And then it was on. Even Pepper Potts in her, uh, in the comic books, she's, they call her Rescue when she wears that outfit. But, uh, yeah, so then they all just. Which, fight. I, which I did not. I, I saw it twice. I didn't realize on the first when Tony Stark's daughter had the helmet, and she's like, "Oh, don't! Why would you find that? That's an anniversary present." So I was like, "That's the same helmet." Yeah. yeah, I was like, "That's yeah. okay." <laughs> uh, we didn't touch on uh, the Hulk getting the time stone from the Ancient One. How basically he just did it with a conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she even realized like, "Oh, well, if Doctor Strange gave it to you, then and, he's the best of us." And a part of that when when he said Strange gave it to me, she was like, "Well, what?" Well, maybe he's not. What can what she said before she gave it to him? Or maybe maybe I thought of this all wrong. Maybe I made maybe I made a mistake. I was like, oh no, she's not going to make him Doctor Strange. <laughs> so but then, he really screwed up the past. But then, well, that, yeah, that's the other thing is she said, you know, you, you'll create these divergent realities, and now we won't have a time stone to, to fight. Uh, and, and well, at that point, it would have been you think Dormammu and Doctor Strange. He wouldn't be able to fight him. But you know, so the Hulk tells him, no, we'll bring him back. We'll put him back. To exact place that way we set everything back to the way it was. Well, we just need to use them, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting way to do it. And, the, and I like the way they did time travel in this one. Like you can't go back and change the past because then that because that's your present. present. Your the future <laughs> is your past, which is more complicated. But I've read some stuff. Apparently, uh, quantum, for quantum theorists, it's a lot more accurate huh. than the uh, Back to the Future version. I love where the you whole, start to fade away. <laughs> look. When um the when War Machine rambled off all the time movies, <laughs> yeah, all those movies. Like, like, time hot tub time machine, hot tub time machine, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The other interesting thing that it does is it so it brought Gamora back, but it's not Gamora who died um, in Infinity War. She's dead. Like the like she stayed right. dead. This is Gamora from twenty you know thirteen who doesn't know who Peter Quill is. Yeah, and Quill touches me like. Get out, get out, what are you doing? <laughs> she kicks him like, in a very... the one? Very, yeah, <laughs> was that our tree? <laughs> so that was good. Uh, let's see what else we got going here. So, the, so they have the big battle, and then... The Peter Parker moment. That yeah. was the Spider-Man, Tony. So I was just like, oh, my God, when he was like, he has no memory yeah. of what He's like, happened. I, I kind of, I fell away, but I came back, and now like we're... Like, all dirty? Passed <laughs> <laughs> fast out. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, Iron Man hugs him, and he's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> So that was good, and and then um, Captain Marvel has a sweet moment where all of a sudden the the guns on the ship 
diverge and just start yeah, shooting. They're like, like, something's entering the atmosphere. <laughs> and she just like, blows she through a ship. Because I was wondering, I was like, how? I was thinking, I was wondering, how is Captain, Captain Marvel going to be like this tie turning thing? Where she's, they're like full engaged, fully engaged in the fight, and she's not there yet. Yeah. Just took her a minute to get back from, you know, far space yeah. or wherever she there's was. A, there's a lot of planet, planets out there, guys. Which makes <laughs> sense. Said. Yeah, it's like, well, we've set up that there are, yeah, multiple planets out there. And she's like, and they all don't have the Avengers. So that, you know, it was a nice cop-out of them, a way to, to get her off planet. Well, they all did that. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, there's the, the moment where Thanos gets the glove. They, they they have a chase, like Spider-Man's trying to carry it places. They finally, Thanos gets it, and then he and Tony are fighting over it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then oh. and then he goes to to snap because Thanos pushes him away. He's like, "I've got it." And then it's just it's when just he, hollow. So he snapped. I could tell. I was like, the way they're shooting, they're not showing the stones. Yeah. Well, also there it wasn't was like an energy. Glowing. There wasn't like power. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so "He's got him. He's got him." <laughs> because that's the thing. You think the, the the gauntlet that it was in was Tony Stark's creation. So then and he he just had, basically had the stones jump over to him. So then yeah, you cut to Tony, and because Thanos is like, "I am inevitable," and Tony's like, "And I am Iron Man." And he snaps. And then all Thanos' people just start dusting away. And the other thing I loved was how Thanos at that point is just like, well, they got me. (laughs) And he just sits down and just looks tired like, well, and just. It's almost almost the same as when he succeeded in Infinity War. It was kind of like a, but it was a one. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Well, yeah. Both times it was just like, all right, well, it's done. (laughs) I mean, and that's this time it was, it's done. And so then he fades away and. But then it, you know, you cut to Tony. No, the, then I, I like the uh, rewind a little bit, the, the the whole girl power moment. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I like heard people complain. It's like, what Marvel are you all talking like, about? Like, that was sweet. Like, I was like, oh, the girl, because she's not alone. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I like that too. I think anybody complaining about that, it just, it's like, what, what's your problem? Yeah. So yeah, that that was really cool. I I loved uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's suit. It was sweet. The yeah, thing was, like circling was. around it and. So that was fun. Um, trying to, and the thing I enjoyed was that they gave everybody a moment. Scarlet Witch had a really cool moment where yeah. she's fighting Thanos. He's like, I don't even know who you are. She's like, you will. And then lifts him up, almost breaks him in half. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish she would have said something a little more because just the fact that Thanos was like, I don't even know you. Yeah. I'm like, it was like, what, it means nothing that you're <laughs> that, <laughs> that you're hurting that me. Man. It's like, oh, you're just, <laughs> ouch, lady. Like, you killed the love of my life or something. She should have said yeah. something like that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They were, um, you know. Uh, twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's like, oh, you brought him back and then killed him again. That ain't cool. Uh, well, actually, I guess she killed him the first time. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, forced right. him to kill him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then it cut, Then after he gets, he does the snap again, he's laying there, and, and he's just, you know, bleeding from his eyes, from his nose. He doesn't – I don't think he even said anything, did he? He was just sit there and just die. No, he didn't. He just – Yeah. Gwyneth said, look, look at well, me. And then and that's the thing. Like, like, Peter Parker gets to him first. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously very sad, and that's when you know I started being a, a little teary-eyed. Yeah, that was that was it all. It, that didn't get me. The funeral almost got well, me. Well, well, and then <laughs> but that's the thing. And then and then Gwyneth, like whenever Pepper Potts gets down and pushes him aside, like okay, you had your moment. Just let me. Mm-hmm. And then, but then when she looked at him, she's like, "We're going to be okay." She's talking about her mm-hmm. and their and their daughter, and the fact that you know they're going to have to go in without him. It's like whoo. And the, the, the whole time that I was thinking, he's all right. He's just bad. he's just hurt. He's just, he's just banged up. He's, he's right. just banged up. <laughs> I no, I, I, I think I knew. I was like, oh, he's, he's then, a guy. Oh, so I saw, saw it twice. The second time I watched it, there was a lady in, right in front of me. When that, when that moment happened, hysterically fine. <laughs> she I'm just let it loose. Let it out. Mind you, it, it's, it's dead silent. Like, all you hear are people are kind of sniffling. Like, That's how we were. There was a little sniffling. You hear one person like, oh. <laughs> oh she, she had her hand over my shoulder. Oh, me, 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 me. Oh. If you don't shut up. Yeah, it's like, lady, we're, we're all having a moment here. Let's have this moment. I mean, I don't, you know, look, it, I don't want to belittle someone for for feeling something. That's the whole point of going out and seeing these movies is we all want to feel something. But also at the same time, when you're a little bit over the top, it's like, come on. <laughs> Let us all enjoy this. Yeah, and then his recording, where he looks at his little girl. Oh, yeah, that, it's like, I, mean, I love you 3,000. It, it, uh, it almost had me. I was like, because oh, I hate funerals and movies anyway. Mm-hmm. But that one was just like, oh, this is. And they did like the slow shot of all when the they went through the mall and what i realized was the the random teenager who i didn't recognize yeah, i found that? out he was the boy from iron man 3 did you ever see iron man 3 there's a there's a point where he basically loses his suit and this little boy help, like helps him and then he ends up doing some macgyver type stuff but anyway so he was 
the, the that little boy's dad had left, and I remember there's a funny point where he's like, "Ah, dad's leave, get over it." And he's like, he's, talking, he's kind of mean <laughs> to the little boy, but he and that boy ended up becoming friends. So that was the boy oh, from man. Iron Man three. Who you know, it's at that point, it's uh, I guess in in the movies it would have been like six years, and it has actually you know been that long. So he's he's grown up some. Um, yeah, so that was him, which I thought was a nice touch. It was. And then of course you know they all they're like, okay, let's we'll put the stones back. Yeah, that was a, that was like the whole thing too. There's like. Even after even after that, it's still not over. Yeah, <laughs> the movie's still not over. I mean, that's, it's like okay, oh yeah, they, still, they do have to put them back. Huh, all right, but they, they 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 got that done so quick, obviously, because in that time, it's it's like no, he'll he'll be gone. It'll take him however long it takes him, but he'll be back in a few seconds. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't come back. Yeah. Captain America is just like, hmm, peace out. I'm, out. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy this. <laughs> and, and you know you can't blame him. Yeah, and then immediately, and I I think watching that, I think Bucky knew. I think he knew he wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sam was surprised, and that's when suddenly Bucky was like, "Hey, he's over there." <laughs> and then you know you go over, and there's this old man who who knew where they were going to be in this time, and he just comes walking over and sits down like they had already sat down. So they they walk over, and then there's I've heard that I read that they, it was prosthetic effects, and then some um, computer stuff because okay. they said they they said as thick as Kevin or as, as Chris Evans's neck was, there was no way to <laughs> to prosthetic. Yeah, they're like we we had to, to, to you know do some uh, CGI on that. And then they, and then there's old Steve Rogers. You know, he's he's lived a life. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just chilling on the on the bench, ready. Like, uh, I can't imagine like how long he waited. Like all the stuff that probably happened in, in his path, going up to that, just where he's just like, eh, "Am I gonna go now?" Nah, I'm nah, not gonna come back. nah. Well, but he also <laughs> knows he knows when Tony's gonna die, That's so true. he knew where they were all gonna be. Yeah. Like he knew the day. So he he literally was like, okay, I'll just go up that morning. Man, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Then he had a has a sweet little present for, you know, he doesn't he comes he comes bearing gifts. <laughs> yeah, he gives Sam the shield, which has happened in the comics. Sam Wilson becomes Captain America, and yeah, and, and he hands it to him, and he's like, you know, it feels like somebody else's, and he's like, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so it's you know the the next Avengers movie, uh, Sam Wilson will be Captain America. Well, that's pretty sweet. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, sets things up for the for the next one, Thor. Joins the Guardians of the Galaxy, the As Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that, that, was, that's, that was a good, good part of the movie because it's like you're all excited because of the big fight, then you're down and bone because of the funeral. Now you're just all sad, like, oh man, this is how it's gonna end. Then they, they let you go out with some laughs. <laughs> One more Quill, th- Quill Thor <laughs> power trip. <Yeah. laughs> all right, Quill. Did you say Quill? <laughs> well, there we go. And then it ends in the forties. With Cap and Peggy Carter dancing away. Yeah. Because that's one of the other things my wife said. She, she goes, well, what about Peggy's husband? Because it, it, in other movies it had said that she had been married, and that's just not fair to him because, like, did he take his place? It's like, well, no, they never named her husband, and she never told people who she's married to. So what if that refer- that time she was referencing, every time they referenced her husband, him. that was Steve Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> we just didn't know it, which is another. I was like, oh, that messed with my mind too. <laughs> so they just, yeah. It just—it was a lot of fan service, which I really appreciated. Just basically, wrapped everything up with a nice, pretty bow. Yeah, yeah. So it was—it uh, was very well done. And I, I saw the—I saw the uh, box set that they're going to release with all of the movies in it. Oh, it's like this huge box and uh, with the Than- with the with the Thanos gauntlet, and it just says like you know the Infinity series. That would be pretty good. Well, there we how go. How much that? I was going to say, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever the price. What did it cost? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Price tag, everything. So that's probably worth it. Well, there we go. That was our our thoughts on uh, Endgame. Would you recommend seeing it, Devin? Oh, yeah. See, like like you said, see Infinity. If you haven't seen any of them, see Infinity Stone and then that. Yeah. I mean, just, just even just as the two, I think you're fine. And, it, and I feel like it's one of those things that even if you haven't watched any of the other movies, you, you know who Captain America is. You know who Iron Man is. Yeah. People know these things. All right, well, there we go. That was our uh, discussion of Endgame. I don't think we'll do movie talk too often, but this one was just such a big thing. I couldn't, we got geek couldn't let it go. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay, so now if you haven't seen the latest episode of Game of Thrones, you, you may want to turn off and come back because I want to talk about that real quick. Not a problem. Um, I'm, I'm way more versed in the Game of Thrones. <laughs> when, so when uh, Arya jumped and then got caught, was there a split second where you thought she was dead? I thought she was done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I did too. I was just like, oh, like, he's gonna strangle her, and then, and then like John will have to get to. Uh, yeah, I was like, some like he's gonna kill Bran, and then by the time John gets to him, yeah, 
Uh, but then as soon as she dropped the knife. Yeah, as soon as he left, I, I was like, oh. I knew because I'd watched the fight with her and Brienne so many times. As soon as she dropped it, I was like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> then you just think, like, there was so many, like, crazy moments. It's like Bran knew the whole entire mm-hmm. time. That's the reason he gave her the day. He gave her, not, yeah. not to kill Littlefinger, but you're going to kill the Night King. Yeah. And I know, not, but I'm not going to say because I'm weird Brand. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> he's a weirdo. Yeah, like, but he, I mean, I guess he did help out. Yeah, he gave her the knife. But as far as the actual battle, it's like he's like, I'm going to go on a trip. And he went yeah, on. I was like, where are you going? And then he, he just never heard of, And John just screamed at a dragon. It's like, buddy, you could at least have your sword out to like you're going to try to. I, 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 I thought in that moment the dragon was going to burn him and he was going to not, not get burned. That, yeah, I thought that was a possibility. As I kept waiting for, yeah, for him to be in the middle of all those zombies for um, – Khaleesi to like come down, burn them all, and then just leave him in the middle of them unburnt. Right. I thought yeah, that would be that was a funny meme or post I saw was the Daenerys picked the absolute worst place to to park uh, <laughs> her dragon. dragon <laughs> Could you have parked him in a worse spot? <laughs> Zombies all surrounded about. Uh, but yeah, and the music from that scene was incredible. It keeps getting stuck in my head. I keep thinking about it. And if you like. This that for as long as a movie of, of a episode that was, there was hardly any dialogue. Oh yeah, hardly any words. Almost no exposition. Yeah, it was just action. Um, R.I.P. Jonah. Yeah, he, and uh, all those Mormons. Little Mormont. All the Mormons uh, went out like geez, I was so sad when Commander, she. Went, yeah, they all went out. You could almost say they all went out protecting Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. Or protecting that's, that's the true. North. Protecting the North. Yeah, they all did. Wow. All right. Well, that's it. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. All right. Well, right on time. <laughs> all right. Well, somebody's going to work on a story. I got to go anchor in a newscast. But uh, we hope you all enjoy this. Have a good one. Cool.